We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is my partner, the Honorable John Irons. John, how are you doing tonight? I Quite well, thank you. I don't know if Honorable is... I haven't cut <laughs> the bar yet. Um, nor have I ever taken a law class. <laughs> Also with us is USA Today contributor and the co-host of the Millennial Falcon podcast. Hi, Chan Bowie. Hi, Chan. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me again. No problem. And back with us from the Simply Syndicated Network, Rick Tatro. Rick, how are you? You know how many Klingons it takes to change a light bulb? How many is that? None. A dead light bulb has no honor and a warrior <laughs> is not afraid of the dark. <laughs> I'm great. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. So that's uh, what happens when I drink coffee at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> you can be up all night. Now nah, I got Ambien. Oh yeah, hey. <laughs> Combination. Ambien is great as long as long as you don't take it. As long as you take it and go straight to bed. If you take it and and stay up too long, then the computer oh. screen letters start to move around and all kinds of weird stuff happens. I have learned the hard way about yeah. <laughs> uh, Ambien and the Internet are a very dangerous combination. <laughs> so we're going to um, we're going to play a game to kick things off. But before I did that, I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, hi, Chan. I know you were excited about Jessica Jones. Have you got to watch any of it yet? OK, I've actually only watched the first two episodes because I have not had time to watch it today. But I've from what I've seen of it, I love it so far. Um, I read the Alias comics when it first came out. The um, Not when it first came out, actually. I just read it recently. But um, it's by Brian Michael Bendis, and it's basically the story that they're adapting for the TV show. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty loyal to the comic, and it's just like a, a really unique story, I think, that they haven't sh- told yet in the Marvel Universe. But I'm only two episodes in, so I can't say much yet. Yeah, I've only watched... Well, really, I, I say the first episode, really, most of the first episode. I liked what I saw so far, but, um, but I do like Kristen Ritter. She's, she's, she's really, well, she's been in a lot of comedies that I've seen and she's really funny in those. This is the first time I've really seen her in a drama. Yeah. If you've seen her in Breaking Bad, she's really great at like that aching vulnerability, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause just like the face, the way her face is, it's kind of like the big doe eyed look, but she's also, that character is her character in Jessica Jones is very different from like the characters that she usually plays. It's very tough and kind of uh, rough housing and that kind of stuff. But she's still like deep down, she's very vulnerable and sad. So I I think it's a really great role for her. I'm excited. Rick, John, have you guys got to watch any of it yet? 
I have not. Uh, in fact, I wasn't going to until this afternoon uh, when uh, on the on the uh, the simply syndicated movie news show I was we were talking about it and they've talked me into watching it. Uh, I have I had never heard of her before they announced that they were doing this show and so I don't know anything about it. And then I read an article that apparently very badly misrepresented what the show was going to be and convinced me I didn't want to see it. But now I uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's unfortunate. All the articles I read of it are like glowing reviews. Well, it wasn't a review. It was more of a, a, a preview sort of thing. And it was talking about how the, the comics were like borderline porn and – and so ultra violent that you know, and I was expect I was it, it made it sound like it was just going to be sort of another uh, attempt to cash in on the Game of Thrones sort of oh. let's be as horribly violent and gratuitously sexual as possible. No, I would very much disagree with that because they never use the sex or violence in a very in a titillating way at all. I think it's a very um, sensitive, I guess, and mature way of approaching it. Like it always lends itself to the plot and the narrative, especially Jessica's narrative. So. Yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that Marvel is going to tie anything that that dark into their MCU at at this time. Now, the stuff that comes on Netflix is a little edgier than the stuff that they show uh, in in like on ABC and in some of the films. But you know, uh, Daredevil was in this same universe, and one of the things that they're trying to do is uh, that they're doing the Daredevil series on Netflix. They're doing Jessica Jones. They're supposed to do an Iron Fist. Um, series later, and they're going to tie all that into a Defenders series in mm-hmm. 2017 or 18, I think. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that being, I don't think that Marvel would tie themselves into something that dark. Yeah, John, and, and, and I don't mind a little bit of violence. You know, I, yeah. I, I really am enjoying De- uh, Daredevil, um, and that is by no means a nonviolent show. I just, right. Oh yeah. You know, I, it, it, the article I read uh, made it sound like it was really going to be over the top, and I just didn't. It, it, it turned me off. But I am. I, and you guys are just supporting what what they said to me this afternoon. So I am yeah. looking forward to trying to find some time to watch another damn show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to talk about it a little more. But um, even the comics, I would argue, are never edgy for the sake of being edgy. I think that it's a very realistic and kind of a way of looking into like PTSD and trauma and also rape culture and stuff like the villain is basically the personification of male privilege. And it's a really interesting way of doing that. And I don't think many shows have been able to do that recently. Okay, cool. John, have you got to watch it at all? I've I've seen the first episode and, you know, basically I will second everyone else's assessment. Um, I, I liked Daredevil very much, uh, the Netflix series, and was looking forward to Jessica Jones mainly because of that. Um, I felt like it was a really good balance of, um, you know, as, as realistic as this kind of show can be. You know, um, you know, the the, the real world kind of implications of having superpowered people, like what that means for regular people, like regular neighborhoods. But okay. yeah, I, 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 I like it a lot. And it's, and it's also refreshing for me um, as, as a fan of comic books, even though, I, again, I, I haven't really read any in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Like, not like I used to. Um, it's nice to not know what the storyline is bringing you know yeah 
Because it's like every, like I, you know, oh, Iron Man. Yeah, I know, I know Iron Man. Yeah, I know who Daredevil is. Yeah, I know who all these characters are. And while it's good to see something familiar, it's also nice to be surprised about a plot twist or a storyline. And so that's another reason I'm looking forward to this series. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's. Play Can I ask you a quick yeah, question before we move on? Sure. Uh, are any of y'all watching Supergirl? I am. And are you liking I like, it? I do like it. I like it. Um, it's very much a, like a counterpoint to Jessica Jones. It's like the foil because you have another <laughs> female superhero, but she's the complete opposite in terms of temperament and just her outlook is so sunny and positive. And it's great that we have two female superheroes on the TV screen who are so different and yet embody so much, so many great things about women. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the show. Uh, you know, I finally got used to Callista Flockhart's lips, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving. Uh, well, they they seem to have gotten a little smaller over the over the course of the episode. You, know, you had too. all of the nineties. Well, <laughs> was they were they that big in Ally McBeal? No, that was the thing. She, you know, she suddenly she's on the screen now. And she looks like a grouper. <laughs> yeah, um, and I adore that. Callista Flockhart. I loved Ellie McBeal, and uh, you know I think she's she's pretty awesome. And I'm I'm really enjoying the show. I love that it isn't the you know the angsty oh I don't want to be a hero crap we've been you know getting over and over again with every incarnation. What happened? I think he cut off. No. Uh-oh. Let me try and get him this. Hello? Hello. Are you there? Hello. Okay. My damn cat sat on the keyboard. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen the first. I didn't watch this last week, but I have seen the first three episodes of Supergirl, and I do like it. I just hope what I saw in the last episode, where which I can't remember the villain's what? name, but the when the villain shows up and um he's looking for Superman, and he's yeah. gonna, he's going to take her out to get to Superman. I hope that doesn't happen a whole lot because I, I I don't want him. I don't want to see him depending on. Superman, or you know the the existence of Superman to be able to create stories for her, if you know yeah. if you know what I mean. They're they're getting away right. from that. I, I was a little worried that it was a little too much of the I'm not my cousin. I'm right. you know trying to be good. You know, but this last episode there was none of that. So yeah, it was, was nice. I thought like when in that episode in particular it was a little heavy handed with the Superman references. They're like, oh, the big guy, or you know, <laughs> man in the. Well, she even chatted with him at the end of the. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, they're so bad about keeping their lives secret because they have all their talks in the middle of this noisy newsroom. And <laughs> oh, then yeah. like, she was chatting with him on an IM messenger, which I'm sure could easily be hacked because of all these recent hackings in modern day. So I don't know. I yeah. thought it was very unsafe of her to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only seen I've only watched the first episode and I thought it was OK. I'm. I, I am looking forward to being as impressed as so many of my friends are. Uh, thus far, um, it's okay. It's okay. It, it's getting I'm, better uh, fast. I'll, I'll tell. I'll give it that because I have very little patience for for new shows, and uh, uh, I am. I can tell I like a show when the end credits roll. I'm like, no, don't, no, don't stop. <laughs> I want yeah, more. Yeah. I'm not sure why you don't okay, like it, John, it. because you like The Flash, and it's basically the female version of Flash, even in terms, especially like the first, I think the second episode is very much like the Flash's pilot. I, I don't, I don't know. 
I, again, you know, I have a, I got a, I got a three episode rule. Uh, the first episode was, you know, I give it a, uh, give it a B. Like I saw, like a lot of stuff that I liked. I saw a lot of stuff that could potentially be annoying to me. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot like Smallville and Smallville, it was kind of, you know, hit and miss with me too. Um, but I'll, you know, again, I've only watched one episode and, um, we'll, I'll, I will, I will report back after more episodes have been consumed. Well, I, th- I think it's got a pretty good chance. It's got a better chance being on CBS than if it was on Fox. If, if it was on Fox, they would have canceled it before they aired the third episode. <laughs> they've already canceled, uh, they've already canceled Minority Report and they're not even finished, uh, finished showing those episodes yet. Forgot that was a show. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a little bit about some of that stuff last week and, and doing some of my research for this episode, I realized that, hey, Fox really likes to cancel stuff. <laughs> Especially when they have when they are Joss Whedon shows. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, um, I tell you what, let's uh let's play a game real quick and we'll just do one round or like one round each, but the old fan favorite uh six degrees of separation from MCU. Since we're talking about <laughs> Jessica Jones. Right. So uh okay. Rick, I, I I don't know if you if you uh, remember this from an, another show, but you know how to play Six Degrees of Separation, right? I I, I will try. I am so bad knowing actors, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard you do it before, and I was like, oh, thank God I wasn't on that one. And I, <laughs> I don't I don't know that. Sometimes I luck up, and sometimes I just my mind just goes blank, you know. But I'm gonna I'll, I'll give one to John first, and we'll just go around. We'll go to John, and then we'll go, and then John will give one to High Chan. High Chan will give one to you, and then you okay. can give one to me at the end. So, all right, John, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, let me think for a second. How about Mila Kunis? Hmm. Mila Kunis. Uh, okay, prepare to be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil Tunis was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall with Jason Siegel, who was in um, Knocked Up with, uh, wow, the, the guy, the main guy, Seth Broken. Yeah, okay. Um, who was in, actually, you know what? I don't even need Seth Broken for this. <laughs> because Paul Rudd was also in Knocked Up. There you go. Uh, there you go. It's not that hard. In. It's not as hard as you think when you start to do it because the because there's so many people that's been in Marvel movies. But go ahead and give one to High Chan and let her give it a try. Um. All right. Let's do. You want to do Callista Flockhart? Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I actually haven't seen her in anything except for that one episode of Allie McBeal that I've watched. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were what five, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I was probably about that age. I was like, this show is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that, That's and I was correct. an adult. So. <laughs> What is she in? Wow, this is going to be really hard for me. Um, I guess she is in 
she's in Supergirl with uh, Melissa Benoist, who is in Glee, who, who was in Glee with Grant Gustin. I don't know where I'm going with this, actually. Um, I think. Oh, no, he was in Glee with Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow was go. an Iron Man. Wow, you got nice. close to, you got close to Flockhart to the MCU because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything other than Ally McBeal that she's been in in Supergirl. I definitely couldn't think of any movies that she's been in. Oh wait, oh my gosh, um, Ally McBeal, Robert Downey Jr. guest starred in that show, didn't he? Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, he that was when he had his he he was he was her love interest until he had his his little uh, drug problem. Yeah, and then they had to write him out of the show. Okay, well, I solved it two ways. <laughs> okay, well, you give an actor or actress to Rick. Okay, um, Maggie Smith. Is she, uh, is she the wow. one that played McGonagall? Yes. Okay. That's all I know. Well, okay, wait, that may be enough. I had Mila Kunis in, in like, two jumps. Because <laughs> she was in that movie with Zoe Saldana, who was in Star Trek with Chris Pine. Um, uh, but uh, not that I know the movie title, but uh, of course she was also in uh, Black Swan with Natalie Portman, and Natalie Portman was in Thor. Yeah. So. Oh, Just geez, Maggie Smith. All right, who in Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's also in Downton Abbey. <laughs> you know what? You got. Pretty much every British actor has been in some Harry Potter film. Uh, yeah, that's so, what I'm, I'm trying you, to think. Yeah, you you got to just mind the fields and something will come to you. Yeah, and like half uh, the MCU uh, actors are British. Well, not half. Half yeah. superhero. Uh, <laughs> dead air here. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I made yeah, it too I, difficult. Well, I just I should know better than to just sit here and stare at the ceiling, <laughs> and not at least make some sort of quippy. That's the risk. Of, that's the risk of that's the risk of playing a, a a game on a podcast, but it makes things right. interesting. Um. Oh hell! Now so all of a sudden I can't. You know I can't remember. Who, um, well, just, just, you know what? Just start jumping, jump in, and see where you go. Pick somebody. Let's see. Rich, you know, you, Richard you, Harris wasn't in any of them. Um. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Okay. Uh. Warwick Davis was in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, okay, wait a minute. Ah, okay. Warwick Davis was in Harry Potter, or was in Harry Potter. Warwick Davis was in uh, Star Wars with Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker was in the yeah. prequels. The prequels starred Samuel L. Jackson, who was Nick Fury. There you go. There you go. But you know, wow. uh, Warwick Davis was actually in uh, Episode One as well. He and was? Uh, yeah, he was in oh. the he was in the audience during the pod racing. You can <laughs> see you can see him right there in the front. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So Rick, you give one to me, and and I'll impressive. I'll probably crash and burn. Most impressive. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, how about George Clooney? George Clooney. George Clooney was in. Uh, all the Oceans movies with uh, Don Cheadle, who is War Machine. Huh. I mean, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Sorry, Sean's mom. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I can yeah, put a I beep in there. That's no big deal. Okay. 
right. Well, before we move to our main topic, uh, I usually do a news segment right here. And uh, I thought since the only real news story that I could find is that they they released the Star Wars runtime for some reason. <laughs> like Now we know how long the movie is going to be. So I guess they're they're looking for anything that they can put out about Star Wars. But I thought we'd do a quick segment that may come back in future episodes from time to time. But it'd just be a segment where we kind of real quick uh, talk about whatever you're reading right now or whatever you've read recently that you want to recommend to somebody. And we'll just go real quick around the circle because I, I know all of us are readers and we've read. Even if you're not reading something right now, you've read something in the last six months or so that you might want to recommend to everybody. So, uh, hi, Chan, I'll shoot it over to you first. Okay. Um, well, I recently got into Haruki Murakami's work. Um, he's the one who wrote 1Q84, which was a big bestseller back in 2012, I think. And his work, his books are really interesting. He's a Japanese novelist, and I think he's actually up for a Nobel literary prize of some sort, but um, they're all kind of this surrealist fantasy type of books um, set kind of in modern day, but have weird magical realism elements to it. Um, I really liked 1Q84. I would recommend that book in particular. Uh, It's set in 1984, but it doesn't have anything to do with the dystopian uh, 1984 book. Yeah. Um, It's, uh, kind of about alternate universes in a way, like the main character, she ends up accidentally and going to an alternate universe where things are only like slightly different. And she ends up kind of embroiled in this cult. And um, there's like another guy who is also gets embroiled in the cults and their, their destinies are interconnected and, like you, you see like their stories chapter by chapter and it's kind of yeah. like, when will they weave together and actually meet? Um, it's really fascinating. Um, I would recommend it. It's a giant book. I know like my mom, <laughs> I bought it from my mom and she said it took her like a year to read, but I was so intrigued by it that I read it in three weeks, but oh, it's wow. like 3000 pages long, but it's really good. <laughs> okay. So. Sounds good. Uh, Rick, what about you? Okay, uh, unfortunately, uh, my reading since I became the, uh, an aging parent of a toddler, <laughs> uh, has, has dropped off precipitously because I pick up a book, I get about three pages in and I'm asleep. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <laughs> which is no reflection on the authors, but, um, uh, there are, there are a couple of books that I re- the, the, that were the most recent ones I read that I really loved. Uh, and one, it's a, it's a little bit of a cliche now, but, I would really love to pimp the the Martian because uh, have any of y'all read it? Oh yeah, I read it. Okay, yeah. Uh, I you know I read it a year ago before they even announced that they were doing a film, uh, and uh, one of my fellow podcasters had suggested I read it, and and I was like oh, I don't have time to read blah blah blah, and she's like just you've got to read this book because I'm a huge fan of real space as well as uh, you know the real space program as well as uh, you know fictional science fiction and stuff. And I, I, even at my best, I've never been a, a particularly fast reader and granted it's not a long book, but I tore through it in 48 hours because yeah. I didn't want to stop reading it. Uh, if you've seen the movie, uh, you still want to read the book because there's a lot they left out. Right. Uh, you know, I thought the movie was fantastic as well. Uh, one of the best adaptations of a book to, to, 
cinema I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but the book is even better. So if you like the movie, you will absolutely adore the book. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, and, and I had the great pleasure of interviewing the author for my show. Uh, now you can't get close to him. <laughs> He's just yeah, really I tried. Crazy. I tried. Yeah, I heard. I heard your interview with him, and I tried in the last couple of weeks. And he said that he's uh he's pushing a deadline for his next book, and he just doesn't have time to uh to be interviewed by anybody right now. Yeah, he's kind he's, of he's kind of a recluse a little bit. He uh he's afraid to fly, so really he never he never hey. First, hold, hold on just a second. Hey, Sherry, can you turn down the volume on your laptop a little bit? I'm getting some feedback. Okay, sorry. But, um. Hi, Sherry. Yeah. He <laughs> wasn't able to go to the, um, the set when they were filming the, the, the movie because it was, um, across the pond and, and he's, yeah. a, he's afraid to fly. So, so he didn't yeah. go, which Real is a nice shame guy, because, though. yeah, yeah. Okay, um, John, what are you reading? Uh, well, I think actually the last book I read was also uh, The Martian, which we already discussed, and I loved. I haven't seen the movie, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, Netflix slash Redboxing it. Um, but I actually also recently, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, the title of the first book is Off to Be the Wizard. And um, I don't uh, <clears throat> I don't remember who the author was. But uh, basically, it's about this hacker who um, discovers that he, he kind of stumbles across this program um, just like buried in code of some big corporation. And he finds his name in it, and he determines that if he alters the stats of his name, he actually alters the reality. So if he types in that his height is two inches taller, he becomes two inches taller. <laughs> um, so through a series of uh, hilarious misadventures, um, he ends up in the past. Um, basically pretending to be a wizard <laughs> and because he can alter reality as magic right. is wont to do. Um, and he also discovers that he is not the first person to stumble upon the code or have this idea. And so there's kind of a collection of people <laughs> <laughs> who've all ended up around the same time in the same place. And they are, you know, basically this wizard's guild, but it's not so much that they're wizards, they're just hackers who have figured out how to hack the program, the mysterious program that seems to run reality. Um, it's not, it's pretty lowbrow. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, like juvenile. Well, it kind of is. Because, because of the main characters. Um, it's, it's very funny. Um, and there's actually, um, and it's also, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's a popcorn book. It's a pretty quick read. Um, and there, there are two sequels of one of which I think the next one, they, um, they go to Atlantis <laughs> and the third one, they're kind of trapped in a video game, uh, but it's, I mean, it sounds 
silly and it is silly, but it's also really entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, he'll keep cranking them out. Cool. Or she, because I can't remember who the author. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, the last book that I read, I, I say I read it. I actually listened to the audio book, but it was, uh, Armada by Ernest Klein. He's a, mm-hmm. the, the same guy that wrote, uh, Ready Player One that we're waiting for the film version of that to come out next year, I believe it comes out. But uh, Armada is his follow-up to that. And um, this one, it it plays into the nostalgia just like the other one did. I mean, it's not as, it's not as much as the, as Ready Player One, but uh, if you grew up watching movies and playing video games like I did, you know, the basic plot is that there's these, there's these two video games that, Everybody plays. One of them's called Armada, and it's like a space dogfight kind of uh, video game. And the other one is called Terra Firma, which is uh, controlling uh, land drones. Uh, and you're in a fight with. In both games, you're fighting the same alien, and it's an alien from Europa. And uh, basically, the main character finds out that the government actually created these games to train people to be able to fly actual drones when the real Europans get here and start attacking us because they've been on their way since the seventies, you know? So it was interesting. And, uh, it what it wasn't quite as good as ready player one, but you know, whenever you're trying to follow up something that hit that big is, it's, it's kind of hard to, to live up to it. But, I'd say read it. Uh, if you can get your hand on the audiobook, Will Wheaton reads it just like he read the uh, Ready Player One. And I tell you, the characters in both of those books are roughly 17, 18 years old. Will Wheaton is reading this book. So, of course, in my mind, Wesley Crusher is playing <laughs> this part, you know, <laughs> in, in, in both uh, in both books. And it's funny because in my mind, um, this character's father shows up in the story as well. And I've got older Will Wheaton talking to younger Will Wheaton in my, <laughs> in my mind while he's talking. So it's kind of weird, <laughs> but yeah, Armada, it was, it was, it's a really good book. I recommend it. So have you ever what read Ender's say? game? Andrew, I have not read the book. No, I did. Okay. I saw the movie, but I haven't read the book. Do they, do they compare at all? Cause it sounds, I mean, the plots are very similar. It sounds like the, uh, well, this is a little more modern, I guess. It, it takes place in the present or just a couple of years in the future. So some of the stuff that they're referencing is like 70s and 80s movies and video games. So there's a lot more pop culture in this than, okay. than there is in, in when, Ender's when you say it's a When you say it's a follow-up, uh, do you just mean it's... No, I, ju- I just from the same I, yeah. author, or is it like a sequel? Is it like no, a it's not a sequel. Book? It's a, it's just the next book by the same author. So okay. he, he's following up behind Ready Player One, and it's it's just hard to when some when your first book is as big as that one was, especially in the in the geek world or whatever, then it's hard <clears throat> for your next book to live up to that, you know. But uh, well, let's move into our main topic and. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about TV shows that didn't get the ending that they deserved, in our opinion. Or they just didn't get to play out the ending that they originally intended. 
or anything along those lines. And uh, we'll go around the circle like we did in the last uh, the last couple times that we were all together. And uh, hi, Chen, ladies first. All right. Uh, my first show is a, the first canceled show that I personally witnessed, and it was a very big heartbreak for me. Um, it was Pushing Daisies, created by Brian Fuller, yeah. and starring Lee Pace, and Kristen Chenoweth, and Anna Friel. And um, it ended after two seasons. It ran from 2007 to 2009. And it's like it's this beautifully quirky show with like rapid fire dialogue um, about a pie maker who has the ability to bring back the dead with just a touch. Um, it's super cute and hilarious, but unfortunately it got canceled um, very quickly. Was it on Fox? No, it was on ABC. Um, yeah, but ABC. I think <laughs> yes. Um, so I caught it I think halfway through the first season and it started kind of this curse I think I have in which I <laughs> get to really love a show and then as soon as I start to love it it gets canceled or it gets put on like the fritz and I'm like no we all have that curse <laughs> yes <laughs> I I love pushing daisies it's just like it's so brightly colored and like oversat like cartoonishly brightly colored and um it's just very clever and I think probably ahead of its time before cable shows started getting really into popularity and shows started getting saved by other networks and stuff um, because it felt like it was a high concept show yeah. Um, and yeah it's really cute I I'm it, it ended after um, I think they ended it with oh, okay the story was that uh, Ned found out that his childhood love chuck um anna Friel's character uh died and he brought her back to life and the whole kind of quirk of the show is that there are two people in love who can never touch but for some reason she only wears really cute sleeveless dresses all the time <laughs> <laughs> and um it ends with like the cliffhanger of of her kind of revealing that maybe she didn't die to like some people that she loved and i don't know it, it it felt like there's many, there are many more stories that it could have played out. It was yeah. definitely canceled ahead of its time. Yeah, I remember. I, I I didn't watch the entire series. I did watch the first first season. I think I watched on Netflix, and and it was good. I mean, the, the the whole gist of the show is basically he can he can touch, and it's not just people. He can do it with like plants and stuff too. It's like mm -hmm. he can touch something that's dead. It will come back to life, but if he touches it again, it dies again. You know. Mm -hmm. So that's the. And he has, I think, a minute. To, yes. If, if he doesn't touch it again and return it to death within a minute, something else in the in the immediate vicinity will die. Right. Yeah. I forgot about so, that part. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. So like he'll solve. You know. You know. And like he'll go to the morgue and he'll touch someone and they can never just say did it in that minute. They always like oh wow I'm still alive. This is weird. Yeah. Which would be, yeah. which would be a great, that would be a great asset to the police because they could just get yeah. him to touch the victim and say, who killed you? Oh, that guy did, you know? That's actually what he did. He, he uh, partnered yeah. up with a detective, um, who kind of would just find out how they, how this person died and then right. they touch him, you go back to being dead forever, by the way. So like if she, if he touched them back again, then like they would not come back to life. Right. Um, so and then they they would just collect the reward. So it wasn't in the name of justice or anything. It was just to kind of keep their purses heavy. It was really funny. Yeah, Rick, did you ever watch it? Yeah, but I did. 
I did not. Uh, and uh, I, I've heard about it fairly recently, and I really want to watch it now. Great. It's like that Gilmore Girls-style dialogue where everyone speaks at, like, 10 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was, was going to say, that, um, that show is actually on my list, too. Um, and one of the one of the things I loved about it, like, the people, the dead people that he would talk to, they would die in, like, really gruesome ways. And, like, <laughs> if they didn't yeah. shy away from, you know, having, I don't know, a hammer sticking out of someone's head or someone with their chest, like, cut open. But somehow, it wasn't gross. It was like, <laughs> somehow that, that show walked that perfect balance between just macabre, sickly humor, but not disturbing. Right. You know, it is, it is it, it's, you know, that Beetlejuice realm, I guess, where mm-hmm. you really should be more frightened of what you're saying. But it's so cute. It's, it's kind of funny. It was almost, almost, it was almost filmed like it was a big storybook. It was a storybook mm-hmm. with like some gruesome parts put in. Yeah. <laughs> it honestly reminds yeah, me of like a, if a Wes Anderson, if Wes Anderson made a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> similar style. Okay. Well, it's, it's from the guy who did um, Men in Black. So, yeah. Um, the the director, uh, I mean, for the Men in Black. So it's that same kind of. Um, you know, special effects laden, hyper reality, um, but fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because he went in the exact opposite direction with his next show, Hannibal, which wow. went for just macabre. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no funny. <laughs> okay, Rick, what was the first uh, show on your list? Okay, I'm going to avoid the two that everyone's expecting me to say. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I think the you know we can we can, if any of y'all don't mention them we can give them an honorable mention at the end but uh, I'm going to go back to 1993 uh to one of the first shows that I really got invested in uh and then it got canceled as an adult you know there's a lot of you know Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers and all that crap that in retrospect really deserved the death they were given um but <laughs> The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that last time you were here, yeah. Um, oh, that's right, we did. <laughs> Sorry no, about that. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it was a good show. <laughs> uh, uh, well, if we've already talked about it, you want me to no, move on? No, no, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. We can talk um, about it again. It, it was... It was the first time I was in, I was exposed to Bruce Campbell, and uh, uh, shortly thereafter, Army of Darkness came out, and then I saw what he was really about. Uh, but in Briscoe County Jr., he played this really straight-laced good guy. Uh, in the we- It was a Western, but it was a Western with a sci-fi twist to it uh, in that uh, there was, there was an, there were alien artifacts that uh, were being used by some bad guys to do lots of horrible things. Um, but there was this just really great cast of characters uh and a great chemistry between all of them, and, and it 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 had a, a modern feel while being while being a western, but without being like you know cheesily anachronistic, like you know a lot of Sam Raimi stuff, uh, you know yeah. like Xena and and Hercules and all of that stuff. Because at the time, I really had a problem with that kind of stuff. Uh, but Briscoe County never really crossed the line into into camp, and and uh, I just I, I really enjoyed the show. 
and it only got one season. It was on, and I know I mentioned this part before. It, that was my Friday night was Briscoe County Junior and then the X Files. They were both they both premiered in the same season. Yeah, uh, and then X Files, you know, went on to become great, and Briscoe County was forgotten by the universe. And I still lament it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got to see uh have you got to see Bruce Campbell in any uh, in the new uh Evil Dead show that he's doing? I I haven't because I can't find it anywhere. It's on, uh, star, I don't, it's on stars. Well, well but yeah, yeah, but I don't I don't have cable. Okay. Uh so I can't watch it on stars. It, does Hulu have it? I I checked but maybe I checked too soon. Uh I'll have to look again. Uh but no, I I, I, I haven't could be wrong about that. And I hope I hope not. It's good. I mean, if you if you like if you like the movies, you know it. It's a lot like the movies. You know, it's it's got a lot of comedy and it's got a lot of gruesome, you know, gore and and yeah. uh, I I don't mean to go from Briscoe County Jr. talking about gore, <laughs> but you, know, it's well, just, no. you brought up Bruce Campbell, so I just thought yeah. I'd bring it up. Have you ever read his his memoir, If Chins Could Kill? No, no, I've, I've heard. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's a it's a the story of how the Evil Dead stuff came about and how uh, how his relationship with the Raimi boys is really worth a read. Yeah, my my first uh, the first time I remember seeing Bruce Campbell was when he was he played Atollicus on Xena, and mm-hmm. uh, I, that was when I was a teenager. I used to watch Xena all the time, and and that guy's pretty funny. You know, he, the, the whole show was kind of corny, you know, but you know his character was the corniest of the corny, you know. But but then yeah then I started seeing him in a, in this other stuff that's how that's really how I got into Evil Dead because he was in it. And Hi Chan, you have no idea what we're talking about, do you? Um, I know the words. <laughs> Although, <laughs> um, I've never heard of the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior before until John told me that it's a show I should definitely watch. Every time I talk about new shows that I'm going to pick up, and he's like, "You know what show you should watch? The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, and it's not a huge time investment. It only got one season, but it's, yeah. they they did the best they could with it. I think. I actually right. i I went on a quest for it a couple of years ago, and it's not. You know, I actually ended up having to buy like the the box set, which I mean, I didn't mind, but it's. You know, I'm, I guess I'm spoiled at this point that, you know, I'm like, really? I can't just Netflix this? Really? I can't just buy this and download it from the universe? No, it's 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 really hard for, for whatever reason. Um, yeah. It's not on YouTube either. And a lot of that old stuff no. you can find on YouTube, but it's not there. Yeah. You could probably watch the entire Xena series on YouTube. <laughs> probably. It, it was on probably. Netflix for a while. I think they finally it finally dropped off yeah. a couple of years ago. Okay. I tried to watch it. I I gave it my best shot because my my my, my co host uh, Ro Karen from the Starbase was a is a huge Xena fan. Yeah, and I I really I really tried. <laughs> it's, I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed Xena when I watched it, but I think I was also really young when I saw it, and I kind of think of it in rose colored glasses in the same way that I think of Power Rangers. So I kind of put them in the same category. Yeah, I really, I mean, I, 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 I like Xena because <laughs> I like Xena mainly because I, I started watching Hercules, and Xena was kind of like one of those back end uh, pilots that they they did a couple episodes on Hercules and then gave her her own show. 
And I kind of, and my wife is sending me texts now saying, are we going to pretend like you didn't just say that you watched Xena when you were a teenager? Yes, I watched Xena when I was a teenager. <laughs> a lot of teenage boys like that show. Okay. I, I will but, say I really enjoyed in the first season. Now I didn't get, you know, I didn't get past it, but I was, I was both enjoying and annoyed by how much you could see the producers going, all right, we want to make it very clear that they're straight. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, well, I mean, they did, really? they, they did, yeah, I mean, they, they, there was one episode that I remember, and, um, it was, Zena had some weird episodes towards the end of the run. They had one where it was like a, it was a modern day like talk show, and the guy that played the oldest from Hercules was hosting this talk show, and he was interviewing Zena and Gabrielle, and he came out at the very end of it. He came out and asked them, "Are you guys lovers?" And they wouldn't answer the question, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but okay, all right, John, you want to uh, give us the first uh, show on your list? Uh, well, I let me say how pleased I am that uh, so far the first two picks were also picks of mine. So actually, you know what? I'm gonna. I guess I'll go uh, slightly different direction. Um, I want to do a show that not that it was canceled too soon, but the series finale was such a disappointment. Uh, Quantum Leap. And you might have, I might have um, ranted about this before. Yeah, you took the words point. right out of my, that was the first one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quantum I've got plenty more of those. <laughs> uh, Quantum Leap was um, the show in the Niner Stein. Um, I almost said Sarah Markwell. Scott Bakula? Um, yeah, Scott Bakula and, and Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was his first like major role. Um, and the sci-fi aspect was he was a scientist from the future who um, invented a machine that allowed him to uh, basically jump into the consciousness of other people uh, throughout time. And he was being guided by some um, unidentified force, but basically he would be sent to right some wrong that happened um, in history. And once the crisis was averted, he would leap out and leap into someone else. So it was... Um, it was a nice way to have sci-fi and you know, the stories, like it's not like he was, you know, doing sci-fi stuff. He would just jump into this person who, um, you know, maybe they got hit by a car and they weren't supposed to get hit by a car. So he would move and he would, you know, whatever the issue was in their life, yeah. um, he would wrap it up, leap on to the next person. So it was, it was, it was um, a, a human drama and human comedy with a nice sci-fi twist. Um, oh boy. And it was a very good, <laughs> it was a very good, almost like a historical show too, because he could go, basically he could go into anybody, uh, within his own lifetime. So anytime between the time that he was born and the time that right. he left in the, left from the future, which was the future then was 1999, you know? So, so you could go anytime in that time span. So we got to see episodes that took place in the fifties. We got to see some Vietnam stuff. We got to see 
the hippie 60s, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And and and, and in that aspect, you know, it was kind of adults at the time that were people that were in their 30s that were supposed to be like the prime audience for that show, you know, watching it in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, they're watching, you know, stuff that from their childhood, you know, so it was, it yeah. was really good. And it got, it, like, it got, it started off good and it got better. Like, it was, again, really ambitious. Um, on some of them, uh, like he leapt into himself a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, he leapt into uh, his partner, um, the uh, the guy who is still in the future but can communicate with him holographically. Um, As a hologram, yeah. And the one that blew my mind, spoiler coming from 20 years ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> he leapt into one of the Secret Service agents um, who was assigned to Kennedy for the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And well, he uh, was actually, he was Oswald first. He did a whole two hour episode where he oh, was Oswald, right. That's right. That's right. you know, and then he um, started kind of going crazy and merging with Oswald. And then they had to leap him out right before he, he actually, he actually assassinated Kennedy. He leapt out at the last second and became the next person that could, that could uh, possibly save him and that was the secret service agent right so at the end um you know kennedy was still assassinated and everything happened the way we remembered it and to which he um he says to his partner i didn't change anything everything happened exactly the way i remember that no history changed because in the original history uh mrs kennedy died too yeah and it blew my mind I'm like whoa like the never ending story <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the that's not the episode we're talking about today. today no, you're, gonna, you're gonna talk about the finale. Finale. Yeah. <laughs> it was I don't even know how to describe it. Basically Cerebral. we went to this mining town. Yeah. And it was it was this surreal, dreamlike almost like it was, it was completely divorced from, you know, kind of the, the language and the themes of, you know, the rest, the history of the show. And, you know, they figured out that, and, and Sam was, uh, kind of spacey during it. And, um, Al was trying to find him. Normally you could just hone in on him, but the computer was having a hard time finding him because, um, it was his birthday. It was Sam's birthday, but it was his actual birthday. It was the day he was born. And they how do you want to do this? Am I am I to reveal why the season finale, the finale it, was it, terrible? It, it, it aired twenty two years ago, so yeah, I think you can go ahead and spoil All it. Right. <laughs> you know I gotta think about this word. Alright, so basically you know what? This will be like a public service announcement. If you are, you know, new to the show Somehow, watch the show and just don't want to laugh. Don't want to laugh at that stuff. And you'll just feel better. <laughs> it, it'll be good for you. Um, so they determined at the end of it. They, you know, it always been this mystery as to how he was leaping, who he was leaping, and they just kind of assumed at a certain point, okay, well, this guy was just sending him to, you know, fix things. Right. And in this episode, that like actually. Um, you, it, it was very 
uh, Wizard of Oz, you've had the power to go home all along. Just you click know, your heels three you, times. Basically, yeah. It's like yeah. if you um, if you wanted to return, you could. And you know, you've done enough. There's nothing. There's, you know, you've saved a lot of people. You've done a lot of good. You can be free. You can go home. And at the end of the episode, it showed him doing his, you know, glow and then leap, and the screen faded to black, which would have been okay, except for some reason. <laughs> got to got to keep my obscenities in check. For some reason, <laughs> they decided to just put a little a, a, some words up at the end of the screen. It was like, uh, yeah, Sam never returned home. Yeah. Like, yeah, and they why? and they and they spelled his name wrong. <laughs> they spelled his last name wrong in that in that little thing because oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I was so annoyed because I, I was a big quantum leap nerd. Never watched that But the thing is, go no ahead. Reason. I'm sorry. There was absolutely no reason to say that. Like, it's not like the ending was good. It was weird, but it would have been okay if you left it. Like, maybe he could, and then he just left. Like, he you could leave home anytime you want. It was a series finale. They had, they had, there was no reason. There was no reason <laughs> for them to just send a big F you yeah. to everybody. Especially Sam and Al. Al was the part. I'm like, why? Because why? I, why I, I assumed, I assumed when I saw it that they were leaving it open because they were going to come back and do some TV movies like they did with Knight Rider and the Incredible Hulk and stuff. That's what I assumed they were going to do. I knew the show was ending, but I thought, oh, in two years they're going to come back and do a TV movie and they might do three or four of these or whatever. And that's why they said he never returned home. But th- that, that episode was not written to be the season, the series finale. It was written to be a season finale. And, they found out just a couple weeks before they finished shooting it or whatever that, oh, the show's been canceled. You know, so they had to kind of make it into but a. Again, everything, the episode wasn't great, but I mean, it's not like every episode of the show was great. It would have been fine. It would have been fine as a series finale. But they felt the need to just. You know, let everybody know that all the good he did yeah. was for not, and he was. <laughs> Rick, you interjected hurt. a second ago. What were you going to say? I, oh, I was man. just I am taping in anger. I am also... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little confused because so the the episode where he finally leapt home was not the the series finale. No, that was like no. a season the season three finale or something like that because oh, okay. that's the one where he came back the next season and. And yeah, because he, uh, he got home, but then it turned out he had to, like his wife was dying, or he had to, so he had to, right. he, had he to could go have back. stayed. That was the one, died. I think that was the one where he swapped places with Al, and he all of a sudden he was the hologram, and Al was in the past, and uh, oh and, yeah, that and, Al, and Al was going to get killed if somebody didn't save him, so he jumped back into the okay, accelerator. Okay, that's what it was, back. yeah. yeah so. Okay, then I guess I never did see the, the season, the series finale of yeah. Quantum. Yeah. It's on Netflix. That's, but, that's your happy ending. And John, I have to, I have to, uh, I have to disagree with one thing that, that. You, I have to disagree with one thing that you said. You said not every episode was great, but every episode of Quantum Leap was great. Even the, even the weird ones 
Because I go back and I watch them. I watch them on Netflix every now and then. And even the weird ones that I thought were just, why did they do that back in the day? I watch it now. I'm like, you know what? They actually did it well. Even the time that he leaped into a, into a chimpanzee. That was a good episode. <laughs> he leaped in the Elvis. He leaped in the Elvis. You know what? I, I think I was fine with that. I, I, I think I didn't like, well, it's not so much that I didn't like it. I guess it made me nervous that it could have gone bad when they basically, um, they, they, they established like the evil leaper. Yeah. You know, as his counterpoint. So, yeah. you know, there was, as, as he was sent by the forces of good, let's say, uh, to, to correct things, she was, I think it was a woman, right? Yeah. Was said, well, I guess not that it matters that much if you're male or female, if you're just consciousness in different people's like, bodies. He may but, have been going um, around in the past, just everything that he may have been doing for the whole series, he may have been just fixing stuff that she had messed up in the first place or something. You right. Know? But the, right. the the main thing is that when a show starts to break its own rules, you know it's going to start going downhill because they had the episode where he leaped into the Civil War, and it was very well established that he was only supposed to be able to to be within his own lifetime. Well, now all of a sudden, as long as he stays in his family tree, he can go <laughs> further back. You know, so he leaps into like his great great grandfather in the Civil War. You know, and they, they could have started going down some roads with that that I I I would have kind of been getting on the bandwagon for that to be over because I don't like shows to make up rules and then start breaking their own rules. Yeah. But okay, let's move on because I'm going to go into my first one. And my first one is, uh, the good guys, which is a show from a show from Fox that got canceled. Imagine that (laughs) it was, uh, it came, it was on 2010. Yeah. It was on in 2010. So it's a little more recent. It's, uh, it was a cop show. It only lasted one season. It had Bradley Whitford, who play, he used to play on the West Wing, and he played a cop that looked and acted like he just stepped out of an 80s action movie. You know, he he had on, like a brown leather jacket, cop sunglasses, big bushy Magnum P.I. mustache, and, and his partner was Colin Hanks, which is Tom Hanks' son. And um, he was a more modern and by-the-book uh, detective, you know, but... I like the show. It was it was hilarious every single week, and they they had a great way of pulling you in at the beginning of every episode. Uh, by he, they started the show right in the middle of the the big climactic scene of the of the episode, and then they would go back and show you how they got to that point, you know. And uh, Whitford's character, he actually in in the show, they had made a movie about his character that was like a cheesy action movie, and. He was he, he was so dense that he didn't realize that people just liked it because they like to make fun of it. You know, he thought mm-hmm. he thought this is like a big action movie, like he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. You know, but but um, another one of Fox's brilliant moves. The the uh, the 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 ratings were pretty moderate. Critics were at about sixty five percent liking the show, but you know, if a show doesn't do gangbusters on Fox, it gets yanked before the second season. So so it got it got pulled. But that's the. That's one that I like that I wish uh, had stuck around a little bit longer. It didn't even really get a finale. It just kind of disappeared. So did you guys ever watch it? I've never seen an episode, although I remember seeing trailers for it, and it was kind of like the odd couple, but a cop show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think I saw one, and I I liked it. Uh, But, yeah, it was 
it was gone before I. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's still on Netflix. It may still be on Netflix, but I watched it when it was actually coming on, and I remember they ended the season, and I thought, you know, it's going to come back, and it just never came back. And I finally went to Wikipedia one day and pulled it up. Oh, that show got canceled. Crap. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're gonna stop right there for this episode. We'll pick it up. With some more TV shows that didn't get a fair shake or endings that they deserve next time. I'd like to thank John, Rick, and Hi Chan for being here and uh, remind you guys that you can find all of Rick's shows on simplysyndicated.com. Hi Chan is the co host of the Millennial Falcon podcast on SoundCloud and Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, is available on iTunes and on our website at cosmicpotato.com. Pretty soon we're going to be available on Google Play as well. So we'll look forward to sharing with you next time. And until then, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the future.